You're listening to the Thriving Nurse Podcast. I'm your host, Abby Sanchez, and this is episode 93, Boosting Unit Morale. Welcome to the Thriving Nurse Podcast. This is the podcast for nurses who know that to take care of your patients and your family, first, you need to take care of yourself. If you're ready to create a balanced, beautiful, and bold life, you're in the right place. All right, my friends, we are going to get right into it because I've got an awesome episode for you today. I am super pumped because we're going to talk about unit morale. So what is the vibe on your unit? Are people pretty excited to come to work? Are people happy to see each other? What's it like when you walk into the break room? Like, are people friendly and chatting or are they quiet and stone-faced and just look exhausted? Do people sit next to each other in the nurse's station and chat throughout the shift? Are people friendly or are they kind of held back? Is there a lot of complaining about the hospital or about the management or about different policies? Is there gossip about other coworkers? Are people friends outside of work? Do people hang out? Do you feel at ease with your coworkers? So I'm just curious, what is the vibe on your unit? Well, today I want to help you have a better experience of your unit. I want to help boost morale, starting with your own. Because unfortunately, I can't tell you how to change all your coworkers. I can't tell you how to get them to stop gossiping or how to be more positive or to help each other out more. I can't tell you how to change them, but I can help you create the experience you want to have on your unit. And so that is what we're going to do today. We're going to work on the feelings on your unit, the experience you have, and boost morale. Okay? So, like I said, I can't tell you how to change everybody else, but... That's okay, because in order to have the experience you want, you don't need to. You guys have probably heard me teach many times that other people don't create your emotions, right? So when your coworkers are stressed out, when they're overwhelmed, they can't give you their emotions. Their emotions aren't contagious. It's not like COVID, thank goodness, or the common cold even, where you can, you know, be standing too close to someone who's stressed out and all of a sudden you start getting symptoms of stress. That's not how it works. But I get that it is challenging to be around people that are negative all the time. So if you have coworkers who are negative, who are complaining, who are gossiping, it can be challenging to be around them and to feel positive. And that's not because they're giving you their emotions, but what we tend to do is we start to mirror the people around us. So when we're around someone and they're really excited, like if you are, you know, just going about your day and then your friend calls you up and as soon as you answer the phone, they're just super excited to talk to you. You can tell they're smiling, maybe even like jumping up and down a little bit, like they've got some really good news. Before they even tell you the good news, you feel your mood start to lift, right? Like you jump up to their level. So you start to mirror them. You start to reflect back to them the emotions they're showing you. So we do this with our coworkers. When we're around someone who's stressed out, like when 
you know, everyone's in the break room before work and you're all in a good mood and chatting and then one person comes in and they say something really negative, you can feel the energy drain from the room. And that's because everyone starts to mirror them. They start to take on that negative mood. Or maybe you've experienced this at home, like you're making dinner, you're in a great mood, and then your partner comes home and they had a really bad day at work and they're grumpy. All of a sudden, you start to feel kind of grumpy too. You start to mirror their emotion. So we do this all the time and we can do it in negative ways, like taking on uncomfortable negative emotions, or we can do it in positive ways. But I find, and what I've observed and experienced in my own life is that it's a lot easier to jump on the negative train than it is to get people to jump on your positive train. You know what I'm saying? So when someone's feeling really negative, people tend to mirror the negativity more often than they mirror the positivity. And I find that really interesting. Like, why is that? Why are some emotions so much more likely to get mirrored than others. I was thinking about this and I think the answer is momentum. So I am not a physicist by any means, but the definition for momentum in physics is that it's the mass of an object multiplied by the velocity of that object, and that gives you the momentum. So how big something is and how fast it's moving, that's its momentum. And what I think of momentum is like how fast it's going and how hard it is to knock something off its course. So I think about like a big boulder rolling down a mountain. It's got a lot of mass, right? It's a big object. And the more it starts going down this mountain, it starts to pick up speed. And so it's a lot harder to knock that boulder off its path than it would be to knock a little pebble rolling down a hill, right? Or if a boulder's rolling down a hill and someone throws a rock at it, that big boulder has a lot more momentum, so it's not going to change course. It's going to keep going in that same path it was going. And I think as people, we have momentum too. So I noticed this in myself the other day. I was making cookies, and after I finished making these cookies, I looked around the kitchen and It was a total disaster. Before I started making the cookies, I hadn't cleaned up from making dinner. And so there was that mess. And then there was the mess of making the cookies. And it was just, you know, the kitchen looked like it was going to take a long time to clean. But I told myself, okay, I just have to get started. And so I decided I was going to empty the dishwasher. I would rather take care of the clean dishes then take care of the dirty stuff. So I was like, the easiest place for me to start is by emptying the dishwasher because that's what I would rather do. So I emptied the dishwasher. And after I did that, then I was like, okay, well, I can easily put these dishes in the dishwasher now. So I took the dishes from the counter and put them in the dishwasher and from the table and from the sink. And then I was like, well, I might as well wash these pans. I don't want to leave these dirty pans here. So then I washed the pans. And then I was like, well, now the counters are all clear. There's nothing on the counter, so I might as well wipe down the counters. And then everything was looking pretty good, but then I noticed the floor was still a mess. And I was like, oh, well, I was going to go watch a show, but 
I might as well sweep the floor. Like everything else is so clean. I'm just going to sweep the floor and leave it looking nice. So it was actually hard for me to stop cleaning as I gained momentum. Like at first I didn't have that momentum, right? I had enjoyed making the cookies, but as far as cleaning goes, that was changing my course. And I didn't have any momentum in that direction. But as I started doing one thing, then I built up speed and was able to do the next thing and keep going. So we have this momentum as we try to take different actions in our life, right? Maybe you're trying to start a new habit where you want to go running every day. It's hard to get momentum behind new habits, right? And for me, when I exercise, the hardest part is getting into my workout clothes and putting on my running shoes. Once I do that, then I'm committed. Then I start to gain a little bit of momentum. So then I start working out a little bit. And once I do that, then my blood's flowing and I'm like, well, I might as well do this workout too. And I keep going. But the hardest part is that initial first step. But then the momentum starts to build. I've noticed this even with things that I like to do or things that aren't even really hard to do. Like cleaning and running, that doesn't sound like fun, right? So it makes sense that we kind of resist it at first. But even with other things that are just new, it takes a little push to get that initial momentum. So I remember when the show Arrested Development was popular. Did you guys ever watch that show? It was amazing. I love Arrested Development. But at first, I remember my sister telling me she was watching this show and how hilarious it was and that she thought I would love it and I should watch it. And I was like, ugh, starting a new show? That's a lot of work. That's a big commitment, right? (laughs) And so I didn't start watching it for a long time. But then once I watched the first episode, then I got the momentum going, right? Then I binged watched a whole bunch and wanted to watch it all the time and fell in love with it. So we do this all the time where we hold back, but then once we take that first step, then that momentum starts to build and we go faster and faster and it's harder to knock us off our course. And we do this with our actions and I think we also have emotional momentum, So this is why people say you woke up on the wrong side of the bed. So why would it matter if you woke up on the wrong side of the bed? It's because when you do that, then the momentum builds throughout the day, right? You have something negative, your first thoughts in the morning or something happens and you feel kind of grumpy and then you continue on that path and you build more momentum behind that emotion of grumpiness And so the whole rest of your day is kind of miserable. You're kind of irritable. You're not very fun to be around. Or have you ever been kind of in a funk or just kind of having a day that you don't really feel great? You don't really want to go do anything and it's your day off. But then you take that first step and you're like, okay, I'm going to get dressed. I'm going to go out with my friend. She keeps texting me and I keep turning her down. So I'm, I'm going to go out with her and go hang out. So then you go hang out with your friend and all of a sudden the momentum starts building in that positive way. And by the end of it, you've had a great time. And you're like, oh, why didn't I want to go out earlier? I had such an amazing time. 
So it takes that first step, that first push, but then once we do, we get on that track and the momentum builds. So to bring this all back to what's going on on your units and with unit morale, everyone has momentum behind the emotions they're bringing with them to work. But I think a lot of times those negative emotions get a lot more momentum behind them. So when your coworker is really stressed out and they're running around during the shift and they're kind of making grumpy comments or being short with people, they've got a lot of momentum behind that stress or that negativity. And so they're like this boulder rolling down the hill. And you and some other coworkers might be doing okay, feeling kind of positive, but you're just like little pebbles kind of pecking away at that boulder, not changing its course. And your course ends up getting completely blown over, right? You get knocked onto a different path and you start picking up some of that stress and that negativity. So that's why I think We believe that other people can cause our emotions, but really it's we're mirroring their emotion and their emotions probably have a lot more momentum behind them than ours do. So I think it's really interesting that negative emotions get more momentum. That's just generally what I've observed. Like I said, sometimes it can go the other way. Sometimes we can have a lot of momentum behind a positive emotion, like If I just got engaged and someone's being negative, I'm going to be like, whatever, I'm having a great day. You're not going to bring me down, right? Or if you just won the lottery, you're going to have a lot of momentum behind your positive emotions. So it's going to be harder to get knocked off track. But a lot of times I think it's easier to build momentum behind negativity. And I don't for sure know why this is, but my guess is that it's because our brains are programmed to look for danger. We scan around looking for what might be harmful to us. And so even if things aren't physically harmful, if they are emotionally harmful or emotionally risky to us and uncomfortable and don't feel good, then our brain is on the lookout for those things and gives more attention to them. So if you think about like, if you're in a room of 25 people, and 24 of those people love you, but one person doesn't, you pay a lot more attention to that one person, that one negative person who doesn't like you than to those 24 other people. Like our brain thinks negative things are a lot more important. And so I think that's why we build momentum behind negativity. And so it's just good to know, right? Like it's good to know that when people are gossiping, and complaining that those things can build a lot of momentum really quickly. Have you noticed that? Like in the nurse's station, if someone starts to gossip, it draws in a lot of energy and the energy builds as more and more people get behind that gossip or that complaint, right? And so it's just good to know that those things build up a lot of energy. And so As you're trying to increase your unit morale and your personal morale and your personal experience on your unit, I think that's a really important thing to keep in mind. Because just knowing that, then we can be more mindful of what we open ourselves up to. 
What kind of conversations do you want to be a part of? So I like to ask myself, is this an idea I want to build momentum behind? Is this an emotion I want to build momentum behind? So if people are complaining about your unit or about your hospital and how it's a terrible place to work, is that something you want to build momentum behind? Are anger and resentment and dissatisfaction, are those useful and empowering emotions that you want to encourage in your life? Now, when I say if they're empowering emotions, what I mean by that is not necessarily do they feel powerful, but are they empowering? So complaining can feel really powerful sometimes. Blaming other people and complaining about others feels powerful in a way. Because like I said, it gains that energy. A lot of people will back that up. So it feels like we've got this team, like we're really strong, but it's not powerful because we're giving our experience to somebody else. We're giving the power over our experience. When we say, because my manager did this, I'm miserable. You see how that gives your manager the power? Or because of these policies, I can't have the life I want. You see how it's giving the policies the power? So it feels powerful to complain, but it's really not, right? It, it actually is you surrendering your power. But what I mean by empowering is different. So not do these emotions feel powerful, but do they feel empowering? Are they going to help me create the experience I want? Do they put me in the driver's seat? Do they help me choose what I want to create in my life and get me closer to what I want to create? So if people are complaining or gossiping, you can ask yourself, is this something I want to build momentum behind? Are these emotions empowering to me? And is it going to get me closer to where I want to be and the experience I want to have here at work? Because I know a lot of times we get drawn into those conversations just because we're curious, because we want to feel like part of the group. But just know those things build momentum really quickly. Now, you totally have the power to think what you want to and to feel how you want to. They're still not in charge of your emotions. Just because they're sitting there gossiping or complaining doesn't mean you have to indulge in all the negative thoughts, that you have to believe those negative thoughts and embrace them. But it's harder to do, right? Then you're making yourself need to do a whole lot more thought work to stay positive than if you just avoided the conversation altogether. So let's say people are sitting around gossiping about a new coworker and you haven't even met this coworker yet. You can do the thought work to decide I'm going to give this coworker a fair chance. I'm going to get to know them. I'm going to see what they're like. I'm going to choose to love this coworker. But it's a lot harder to do when you've already got all these other ideas and these preconceived notions in your mind. Because now you're primed that the next time you see that coworker, even if you're trying to think positively about them, all those things that people were gossiping about and complaining about, you are primed to look for those things. So even as you're trying to look for positive things, your brain's going, yeah, but remember how they said this? Oh, yeah, I see what they mean. I see how she did that. That is kind of annoying. And so you're having to do a lot more work to stay 
in that area of positivity and love. Whereas if you were just like, you know what, I don't want to be part of this conversation because I don't want to do that thought work, it's going to be a lot easier to show up in a loving, open place when you meet that coworker. Okay, so it's totally up to you what you want to say or even if you want to say anything, but you totally have the option to leave a conversation or to change the subject or to move which computer you're working at to get a little further away from it. And we don't have to do it with judgment about the people who are complaining or gossiping. Like, we totally get it, right? It's kind of fun sometimes. It feels really unifying to be part of those conversations. And we're just curious as human beings. So we get why they're doing it and we get how it builds momentum and how it's hard to get off that track. And we do that sometimes in our own lives. So we don't have to judge them. We can have compassion for them and be like, I totally get it. But I just don't want to do that thought work. I want to stay in this more positive place. I don't think that's going to be useful to me. So I love these coworkers, nothing against them, but this is what I'm going to do. So that's one thing you can keep in mind, that negative emotions build momentum a lot more quickly. So we just want to be kind of mindful, kind of cautious with what we open ourselves up to. But on the flip side, I think we can bring a lot of positive momentum to our units. So remember with all those examples of momentum I gave, just getting the ball rolling is the hardest part, like that first step. So with that giant boulder sitting there, it's hard to get it moving at first. It takes a lot of pushing. But once we get it moving, then it starts to roll down the mountain and starts to pick up speed. So that's how I think of trying to get positive momentum going in our life. It's going to take a little elbow grease at first. You're going to be pushing on that boulder a little bit. And when I say this, I'm not saying to get other people to change, but just for yourself. To get yourself moving in that positive direction and picking up speed, it's going to take a little bit of work and a little bit of pushing. But we just have to take that first step and then we'll get some momentum. So I remember when I was in elementary school, I don't even remember how old I was at the time. But my family growing up never really said, I love you. It was just something that my parents, their parents didn't really say it. And so they didn't really say it. And I remember in elementary school, getting rides to school with other kids and hearing their parents say, I love you when they would get out of the car. And I was like, huh, that's kind of weird that my family doesn't say that. I want my family to say that. And so I remember one day leaving for school and feeling kind of nervous and awkward standing at the front door. But before I left, I just turned back and said, bye, mom, love you. And she said, love you too. And I left for school. And the next day, I did the same thing. And the next day, and the next day, and the next day. So at first, it was hard to take that first step. I was really nervous about doing it. But once I did, it became natural. And it became easy. And it actually felt weird if I didn't say it when I left. So I want you to think about it this way as you try to gain momentum with positivity on your unit. 
that first step, right? It's going to be a little bit of pushing, a little bit of nudging that boulder. But if you can just take a small step, then you can get things moving. So maybe it's something as easy as giving someone a compliment, like a genuine compliment on your unit. Or asking an honest question, like being curious about somebody and asking them about their life outside of work. Maybe when everyone's in the break room before report, just starting up a conversation. If everyone's standing there kind of stone-faced and exhausted, just start up a conversation. You can step up showing appreciation to people on your unit. I know a lot of us say thank you to our coworkers, especially my podcast listeners. I know you guys are really kind and loving to your coworkers. But can we turn it up a notch even? Like expressing thank you and doing it in real time, but also filling out some of those little like shout out cards. Do you guys have those at your hospital? We have, we have them at mine. They're called Simply the Best Cards. But fill those out for your coworkers. Like give them some casual recognition right there on the spot in real time, but also give them some formal recognition. You can choose to talk about things you love about your unit or about your team. Like so often we hear about all the negative things that we don't like, the things that are going wrong, but talk to your coworkers about the things that are so great about your unit, the things you would miss, the reason you stay at this job. Talk about your adorable, hilarious patients. Again, we talk about the negative ones. We talk about the grumpy ones or the ones that are bothering us or eating up all our time. We're really good about talking about those ones. But let's talk about the super cute ones. Let's talk about the ones that make us smile. And the thing is, is that as you get this momentum going, it's for you. It's not to change the other people. They can have whatever experience they want. If they want to stay as that stressed out boulder rolling down the hill, that's okay. We totally get it, right? And it's hard to change sometimes. But you get to have whatever experience you want. And maybe other people will see you and be like, that actually looks like a lot more fun. And they'll come along for the ride. So let's get some positive momentum going in our own lives. And whether or not the world reflects that back to us, we can have the experience we want to have. All right, you guys, thanks for hanging out. Have a beautiful week. Enjoy your shifts. Let's bring some positivity, right? Let's have some fun. And before I let you go, I want to ask a quick favor. If you've got a second, I would love it if you would go to Apple Podcasts and write a review for this podcast. I love to read your guys' reviews. It seriously lights me up. I know you don't give me emotions, but it gets my positive momentum going. It makes it easier for me to build up some of that momentum. So I love to get to read your reviews and I want the people who this podcast will be helpful for to be able to find it. And your reviews play a huge part in that. So please take a second. I would absolutely love it if you would leave a quick review. Thank you so much. All right, you guys, have a beautiful week. I'll talk to you soon. Take care. 